Super Bowl 58 is in the books. We have the game. We have halftime show. We have commercials. And of course, trailers and everything else you need to know about the universes you love right here on the Direct Podcast. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the vengeance. And I am Iron Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to another episode of the Direct Podcast, Season 3, Episode 7, The Super Bowl Reaction Episode, one of the biggest of the year. I'm your host, Pat Ricky, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, friend, box office correspondent, senior editor at TheDirect.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him, Mr. David Thompson. David, how we doing? Happy Super Bowl Monday. Happy Super Bowl Monday. Hopefully one day it will be a national holiday. I think it will happen if they expand the regular season one more game, maybe add a bye week, and then just, just expand the football season, NFL season in general. By the way, quick thing, it is episode six for season three. Don't get ahead of yourself, Oh, Matt. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. My bad. Little note. But anyway, I'm doing great. <laughs> um, I'm sad. Football is over. But honestly, I'm not as sad as I thought I would be because there is a part of me that the Super Bowl, while I was initially sitting there, was letting me down. It wasn't that interesting at first. It ended up being awesome. It ended up being such a great game. I was standing for the last real time, 45 minutes, I want to say, hour. Whatever it was when Mahomes got the ball back at the end of the fourth quarter until the end of the game, I don't think I sat down. So it was a wonderful time. I hope you had a great time watching as well. I did. I did. I also was standing for the majority of the fourth in overtime quarters. I did bet on the Chiefs. So that is winner. Three years in a row winning in the Super Bowl. It's always very fun to do just that. I went overall, I went like three and nine on the night. Um, but two of those three were two of my biggest bets just on the Chiefs to win the football game. So right. we covered. We covered the day. None of my props hit. Nobody I thought was going to score a touchdown did. Right. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco did not rush for as far as I went. The only prop that I won was Justin Watson under four yards in the first quarter. That is hilarious. Which made for a very hectic for- first quarter, but it was very fun. <laughs> That's um, awesome. It's funny. Um, quickly, I didn't bet on the game at all because – you know, I thought about like doing some player prop. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to take it in and just enjoy the game for this this one. And um, but I did mention on the podcast last week how my prediction was whoever was losing in the first half would win the game. And that happened to happen. So I didn't win Dang. any money off that. But, you know, it was a little prediction that I had. And and it, well, honestly, the whole time I'm with I'm with a group of people and not all of them were like big football fans. I was definitely the biggest NFL fan there. I'm like freaking out, standing, going crazy. They're like, you're, you're a Colts fan. What's what's the problem? And I'm like, I love football. This is the NFL. And I also love I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy <laughs> who says you're a Colts fan. Why do you care? Because it's the Super Bowl. Exactly. People, exactly. people need to stop being too cool for the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> I'm the opposite of too cool for the Super yeah. Bowl. Like, I'm like, this, it's a Super Bowl. Like, this is amazing. Like, in, yeah. enjoy it. Um, but anyway, uh, I forget where I was even going with that. Let's let's dive right into it. Let's get into the game. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, which again, like it's like I always think of: Are there people who listen to our reviews but don't watch the movies or shows? If 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 you're ever that person, please let us know. I want to meet you. I want to have you on the podcast. Really, I want to know how your brain works. Right? Somebody <laughs> didn't watch Argyle. 
and listened last week for that's sure. that is true that it's i guess it's not every movie or show but um yeah <laughs> um super bowl the kansas city chiefs are back-to-back nfl super bowl champions for the first time since 0405 they're officially a dynasty they're officially um the new patriots um in record and three super bowls in five years that's it your dynasty um yeah. patrick mahomes is 28 years old and he now has more playoff wins than Peyton Manning. He is one playoff win away from tying Joe Montana. He has the third most Super Bowls of all time. And it's just getting started, I feel like, because this was far and away his worst offense, but his best defense. And guess what? They're very young. There wasn't a single starter um, on the defense except for Chris Jones um, that played the Niners a couple years ago. Um, that was on the team last night. So they're Crazy all new. Stat. Yeah, it's all going to keep happening. Um, the game was like you said, kind of boring at first. Just a kind of a slugfest, a punt fest, really back and forth. Defenses both played out of their minds in the first half, and then the yeah. second half turned into an instant classic. And it, it it cemented. Um, it's not an original take. It's not like a. It's not creative. They said it on Pardon My Take, the biggest sports show not named Kelsey in the world but patrick mahomes is the most thanos motherfucker in the history of sports he is inevitable he is always going to be there david he is five and one when trailing by 10 or more points in the playoffs yeah five and one three He's in, in a Super better Bowl. spot yeah his entire career six years like a hundred and like 20 something games he has only lost three times by more than one score and he's Ever. only lost three times in the playoffs to Brady twice and Burrow the one time, which is Joe Burrow. crazy to think like and and only and that's what's that's what I think going into the playoffs a little bit after that Dolphins game. I think for a lot of people, it's like um, shit, like maybe really only Burrow until until Josh Allen does it or Lamar Jackson does it. They haven't done it yet. And I think going into next year, it's the same kind of mindset for me, at least because the Chiefs played such a more just kind of slow, um, you know, trying to make a minimum of mistakes. There was a pick yesterday, which is which was a surprise. I think it was the first he had of the playoffs. Um, second he had of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Um, kind of the way that the Chiefs were able to change their almost maybe not mindset, but just kind of what they're known for. Style. Um, style, I guess. Yeah, because. When they had Tyreek, totally different. Last year was different. And then this year became way more kind of under the radar, dink and dunk, and even relying on Mahomes just to not make mistakes and just completely be in control. Like that mm-hmm. was kind of the whole game plan, especially in the second half. It was just, hey, Pat, if you see something, audible out of it, do something, do this, do that. And even fighting through a couple of drops that he had, he played wonderfully. And it's like, it is kind of boring for him to always win MVP. At the end of the day, he deserved it. Like Jawan Jennings was coming for it for a second. He he was, was hunting for it. I was gonna be so mad. That was gonna be wild. <laughs> that was gonna that be was so gonna be mad. Wild. Um, but no, he deserves it. And it is interesting because you know history doesn't repeat itself in many ways. Like it's almost literally twenty years later to like the, the T. What the Chiefs are doing compared to what the Patriots did at the beginning of the two thousands. Will they go and do a decade of a? quote unquote slump like the Pats did and not win one for a while and change coaches and Kelsey leaves and it's just Pat there. We'll see. Um, but last night definitely lived up to the hype. It was interesting. The overtime, which which was the first overtime with the new rules, 
the Josh Allen chief rules, by the way. So, of course, the Chiefs come in way more prepared, and that is a whole other thing. I'm sitting in my room with the, the you know the people I'm watching with being like, the time doesn't matter. Why is there time on the clock? Because everyone's freaking out about the time. And I'm like, it would have been so weird. <laughs> the time doesn't matter. And like, I'm, I keep repeating this. Um, and it was mm-hmm. just so interesting because everyone, it seemed like across the US, was a little confused, right? I mean, even, even some guys like Kyle Juszczyk on the yeah. 49ers. <laughs> so it's, again, the most Thanos dude there is. They couldn't deal with Patrick Mahomes in overtime, just ending games because Josh Allen doesn't get on the field. So they changed the rules just to stop that. And where does that lead you? Right back to me. Right back to Patrick Mahomes breaking your fucking heart. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. In in regular season and old school overtime rules with a field goal, you get the, the other team gets the ball back, touchdown wins the game. Of course, you take the ball. You go down the field, you try to score. If you can't, you kick a field goal, right? Yeah. In the new playoff rules where each team gets a shot no matter what, you definitely want the second possession because then when you get your turn, your guaranteed turn, you know exactly what you need to do. We either need to go down and get a field goal at least, or we need to go down and score. And if we score, we can win the game on a two-point conversion. Yeah, like All in- the options are open for you. And yeah. to take the ball first, simply because it seemed like Fred Warner didn't understand the new rules. How do you let that happen if you're Kyle Shanahan? How do you let that happen? How do you not every single week since the playoffs start talk about the new overtime rules? If this happens, we do this. Yeah. If 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 we get the coin toss, we give them the ball every and time. How does that not every single week you talk about that? Yeah. And what's crazy is that Kyle Shanahan did know the rule, it seemed like. And he did have a strategy where he's like, we would take it because we would want that third possession. And. While I think that is an okay, I mean, this is, it's kind of uncharted territory. It was fascinating to me that Shanahan said he talked to like the analytics guys. How I'm does like, that, how many analytics are about, are on this? Because this is, this is like never happened before. Um, and it's interesting because Kyle Shanahan, 2016, other overtime Super Bowl, Brady gets the ball, goes down, touchdown, game over. James and, White. James White. And it's wild to think. Man, on the losing end of two of these things, I would love to come up with some kind of comp comparison with Kyle Shanahan. Three of them. Three. Yeah. Three. Two he was time up, is he what was, I meant. He was up 10 to the Chiefs in the playoffs. You want a comic book comparison? How about the Fantastic Four? They can't get it right. They can't get it right, man. They can't. It's insane. Um, it, I almost <laughs> wish Kyle Shanahan would come out and be like, we did not prepare for overtime well enough because to say that you knew the rules and you still decided to get the ball first, it becomes one of the dumbest decisions you can ever make because the Chiefs were 100% going for two if they that's score a, that touchdown. That's what Chris Jones said, yeah. There's no way they weren't. What's what's the math there? We either go for two to win the Super Bowl or we kick the extra point and hope our defense doesn't give up a field goal on the other end. Like God. I don't, I don't understand it. Back but on the gameplay. Sorry, one thing with when the Mahomes got it and the inevitability part, the Thanos of it all, the fourth and one, that play call was so great. And that play was so awesome. The fact that Bosa bit so hard on Pacheco, because I kind of thought the same. Like, I'm like, oh, they're just going to hand it off. They might get stuffed here and the game would be over. That was an excellent play call and a great execution. The RPO there, 
leaves the only option is either Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes is getting the football. Yeah. Like, and that's what you want in that situation. I want one of my two Hall of Fame best at their position ever players to get the football there. There was no losing that. And oh, and by the way, he took off for 16 yards. Such a and good cloud of dust. And you said, like, you know, he he maybe game managed a little bit, which when you have a defense like the fucking Chiefs do, like that defense played a perfect game. They were yeah. amazing. Um, when you have that kind of defense, game manager is a good thing because you hold on to the ball more. You let them rest up. You give your defense a chance to in the game, not you. Um, you and and you said it's kind of dialing back, maybe a little more boring, a little more this. The only time in NFL history a player has ever gone eight for eight and rushed for twenty five or more yards in a touchdown drive, ever. That's the most dominant drive in some cases you could ever have. Yeah. Perfect passing, 25 yards on your own, touchdown. Like, inevitable. It's and insane. People, and what's crazy is that people kind of said going into the season, going into the whole legacy discussion, him, Brady, Montana, Manning, all these things, where it's like he hasn't had, like, one of those drives, really, or he hasn't had that many of, like, those drives, you know? And this was it. I mean, this was – this is as good as it gets. Overtime in a Super Bowl – and it was absolutely lights out, perfect. By the way, you know what Josh Allen does? Josh Allen chucks that ball. Remember the the play? I forget. It was maybe like their third or fourth play oh, in yeah, overtime. Into the end zone. And he kind of did the little, like he kind of looked for it and then just dunked it down to Pacheco. Like that's the thing. He wasn't taking those chances. And Romo was on it. He was like, that, that probably would have been a pick if he let that thing fly. He did not. Took his time, patient. The time didn't matter. The Chiefs knew the rules. And the Chiefs at the end of the day, finished the job, and they just out-executed the Niners, even though the Niners were such a talented team. And Purdy, I thought, played awesome. He got a little shaken up, I would think, with the pressure, but overall played a very, very good game. And it is a shame, I think, for some of those Niners fans, or Niners fans, obviously. And players. Niners players, Kittle, Bosa, McCaffrey, Warner. I already mentioned Purdy. Ayuk, Ayuk's a free agent. He might be gone. Debo. Chase Young might leave. Debo, um, he he missed Chase Debo Young one. game of his fucking life. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, and they're all revved up. You get a week off. That's why the Super Bowl can be so great. Because normally, by the way, shout out Greenlaw. Feel terrible for him. Ugh. What a brutal moment. I mean, that is the worst. If you don't watch football very often. That never happens. That is the most freak accident, mm. and just one of those like. How how much bad luck could you possibly have? Kittle's shaken up. Like it really just didn't quite go their way. And then <laughs> he came the Chiefs, back so fast. <laughs> Kittle. Yeah, he did. He came back he, so fast. He had like a rap on there. Um and, Tore it all. Debo Get me came back in quick too. Yeah. Um he's he's Wolverine. Bags just killed it. Chiefs defense killed it. Incredible. And Patrick Mahomes is you said he's never had that drive, but still he is five and one down ten in the playoffs. It's it's usually because they come back in the fourth quarter, and then they end up winning he by seven wins or ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. insane. Um, we got to talk about your boy, David. Tony yeah. Romo is the worst thing that has ever happened to primetime football. Worse than the Boogermobile. Worse than Taylor Swift. The worst thing that has ever happened. I would so much rather listen to SpongeBob and Patrick than watch Did Tony you? Romo again. Did you? No. No, okay. I didn't. I didn't because I was kind. <laughs> I was kind of hate watching it a little bit. Next time, a little bit, and then as the entire game, there was a point where he goes, when Pat was coming back on, like to tie it up, 
If you're a Niners fan, there's no player you'd rather see if you're watching this game that's playing right now than the guy who just came on, if you're a Niners fan, than Patrick Mahomes. What? He's an idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> and and just when I thought it couldn't get worse, just when I thought it couldn't get worse, right before Harrison Bucker kicked the game-tying kick to send it into overtime, he goes, he did something I never heard him do. He goes, all right, Jim, take it away giving the Hall of Famer, voice of our childhood, Jim Nance, a chance to call what could potentially be the overtime kick or the first Niners Super Bowl in 30 years. He goes, all right, Jim, take it away. And Jim starts talking. And then right before the kick, Tony goes, they can't end like this, can it? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Shut the hell up. And then they cut to the camera of those two, which I love the the camera shot they had of them in the booth. The the 8K slight rotating camera. That was really cool. Um... And and they looked great. They looked. Jim Nance is so fucking tall. He is so tall. Yeah. Anyway, they had the camera shot on it, and he was talking about the back-to-back championships. He goes, you know, Tony, they say a generation is 20 years, and it's been 20 years since. And then Tony goes, wait, really? They say that? Huh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Shut up. He's the worst. He is the absolute worst. I, I like <sighs> Romo. He had a bad game yesterday. That was, was a bad game. It was exactly what you were saying. Like there was moments I enjoyed. It's like the it's the childlike giddiness that I enjoy from Romo, but it screwed him a couple times yesterday. And it was exactly that. He wasn't being quiet. We need to be quiet. Like he just was, he was kind of rambling. He was getting overly excited. Even the final play. I mean, you mentioned it. Like when the, when the drama is there, when it's not really the time for the color guide of ramble. Um he miss. was just he was just rambling a bit. Yeah. I and mean, we got Jim Nance. Interesting enough, next year it's Brady, um, which is going to be very interesting to see how he does all season and then for the Super Super Bowl, Bowl. right? Yeah, Fox is a Super Bowl. But man alive, do we need to give Jim Nance somebody else to work with here, man? I think we're going to lose Jim Nance because of Tony Rumble, I think. I honestly think that. Like, I don't think Jim can do it anymore. Get Greg. I'm doing the Trump hands. See that? Um, Get Greg Olson over on CBS. That's too inside baseball. Let's talk halftime show. The Apple Music halftime show, Ursher Baby. All right. So, quick question for you. We are five years apart, right? Yeah, I'm 25. Okay, I'm 29. Yeah, four years. 30 this year. 30 this year. Um, so what's your Usher game? Right? Because like I'm I'm obviously like peak confessions part two. Uh yeah, obviously, like right when I was in elementary school, middle school, all that stuff. Raymond versus Raymond, I assume, is like your first introduction yeah. to Usher. So, like, what's your Usher familiarity there? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Usher. Obviously, a lot of notable songs. Not like someone that I'm t- turning on on a regular basis these days. But I was excited for his performance because I know he'd put on a pretty good show. Um, I do think one thing that was really funny was my wife, the entire lead up to the Super Bowl, just wanted Justin Bieber to come out and yeah. perform their song together and it didn't happen we held out hope the entire time so that honestly is a main connection to usher in many ways well i mean they did bring out the names though like if it's not when like, luda came out i was pumped. i mean L- luda was <laughs> such like to bring little john out not just bring him out but bring him out to shots what like, was he standing on by the way the crowd <laughs> standing on humanity i don't know uh, some platform i guess but i loved having them i loved having the the club vibe like having okay. little play shots is like the easiest thing you can do i feel like but to have luda come out with the afro alicia keys man 
Good Lord. Horrible first note, but good. God, like, that's the thing. Like, you can have Bieber out there, but she's Bieber's not bringing some people. That's true. He's not bringing that, dude. With the cape. Did you see the fucking cape she had? The red one? That was so cool. I thought and it was then, CGI at first. I know I did too, David. I did too. It was crazy. <laughs> but it's Vegas, so there's no way it was, right? Like everything's live in Vegas. Um, when they so. did my boo, I'm thinking like Swiss Beast is somewhere losing his mind right now because Usher has his hands all over Alicia Keys, man. It that, was yeah, sexual. They got a reaction <laughs> was, for sure. <laughs> it was something. Um, but the overall halftime show I enjoyed. The roller skate saved it for me. Honestly, if he didn't do the roller skate that bit, was I was gonna I was gonna have the same thought I did with the weekend. Like this was a music video halftime show. Yeah. Like we need a production element in him having the skates. He didn't sing it, it, I don't want to say he didn't sing well. I mean it's fucking Usher, but he sang fine. Like his his mic wasn't loud as loud as everybody else. I thought did, the did mic feel that? was going in and out. Um, I thought that the mic was like not like it would almost like, you know, like sometimes those mics where you have to like almost say a word or like Mm -hmm. utter something before it starts then picking up like it has kind of hook hook onto your voice that kept Mm -hmm. happening. I imagine it sounded a lot better in the in the actual stadium because I'm sure the mic wasn't like that. That was just like the television, like the CBS Mm -hmm. broadcast picking it up. So there's definitely some of that. But I'm I also I also wonder, obviously, if I never in my life go to a Super Bowl, but. Like what it's like to be there and like does everyone like hang out to watch the halftime show? What does that actually look like? Because we get such a like it is made for TV, obviously, like we're getting like the close up shots and we're we're seeing everyone pop out. It's like it's like a cameos in an Avengers movie. It's just so much fun. And I wonder what it's actually like to be in the arena while it's happening. And that's why I think that the Super Bowl halftime show needs to have a higher production element to it like the lady gaga super bowl like jt like Katy perry on the fucking lion prince obviously michael all that stuff i i I go back to the weekend a lot i saw that the weekend didn't do well but like his was just a music video there was no live element to it and that bummed me out like when i watched it last year's had a similar vibe but obviously i mean it was fucking dre and jay and and fucking like M and like that that was more like Missy Elliott's here. I mean, come on, what are we gonna do? Like that yeah. was a volume play. This, I mean, just the roll, like I said, the roller skates had enough of a circus vibe to it that I enjoyed, and Luda was just such a pop, dude. That it was, was fun. so great. And his uh, outfit. Wow. Shout out Jermaine Dupree, who just so much looks like CeeLo Green at this point. <laughs> that was really <laughs> like, funny. Will I Am looked good in the mask. Didn't know it was Will I Am for the longest time. Uh, that's the second time Usher's performed Oh My God at the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, the halftime show I thought was good. Commercials. Uh, me and David. You know what, man? Not the best commercial year. I don't me. think so at all. I, I did not, not a ton of memorable ones. The The no. Duncan one is the only one I really like latched onto, And that's simply because it was Affleck and Damon. There was the Duncan one. There, like I mentioned before we started recording. Great. There was that the Temu company dropped three commercials, and that was just kind of baffling. Um, I thought that the State Farm Arnold Schwarzenegger was pretty notable because it was it was pretty funny, and that stuck out to me. Davido, yeah, that yeah that part. Um, the Michael Sarah Vive one was really funny. I liked that <laughs> one. That that was probably my favorite of the night. 
Um, I like and creepy then, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, it dropped early, but there was an Aubrey Plaza one. I forget who the that Mountain was Dew. for. Mountain Dew. Mountain yeah, Dew. yeah, like Baja it was, Blast. It was her and uh, Offerman. Yes, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Beyond that, though, I thought it was pretty weak. There wasn't like a banger like a Coke one. Normally, like Coke or Doritos right. is like a really good one. Love Train, the Cooler's Light, uh, Bullet Train. That was cool. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Get that song back in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Uber Eats one with Aniston and Schwimmer. I mean, as a Friends junkie, yeah. that was, come on. I mean, you know, it's good stuff. Just I getting thought, those two back together. Yeah, I thought that was pretty much it, though, right? It was like, what is this mm-hmm. commercial? Like, rolling a back lot, talking back and forth. Yeah. Not really. I don't know. I mean, I guess ten or I guess commercials are just trying to like get your attention immediately. And I think Duncan did the best of that. Where you're just like there were some bad ones. Yeah. Like the the uh I mean, I love Dan Levy. Like I think he's really amazing. I I Shits Creek is just great and he he's not just great in it, he writes and directs that entire thing. The homes.com one of another one where they had three. I didn't yeah. understand it. I don't that understand why why that was supposed to be funny. Um, the Snapchat one I thought was awful. No more social media, just Snapchat. Get the fuck out of my face. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, gosh. Shout out Jesus. Like, you know, we don't do this on the pod very much. I don't know how religious you are, but man alive, did they do the Jesus thing? You know, like it the was... message was cool. I like like it was impactful. Yeah. The, the foot fetish forwardness of it was a little strange just yeah. a touch strange <laughs> yeah that one was definitely interesting it came yeah. out this morning by the way um speaking of like maybe more quote-unquote controversial commercials that the um jane who's the kennedy running these days for office um, i don't know i was so confused by that robert kennedy i believe american values robert f kennedy yeah robert f kennedy i should know this i i read things some time time he didn't even apparently he didn't even um, make that commercial. Apparently that wasn't oh, even his, his commercial his campaign. And apparently he like apologized to his family because JFK is his uncle. Mm-hmm. And they like obviously kind of were playing into the whole Kennedy, Kennedy, thing. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy. So that was totally bizarre because that struck up a conversation where I'm like, yeah, like, you know, Robert F. Kennedy is running as an independent. And I guess he just decided to run a Super Bowl. That's pretty interesting to me because it gets a lot of attention. And then. This morning I read that wasn't even his idea. So just totally bizarre. Totally bizarre. Yeah. Uh, Gronk missed the kick again. They got to figure that one out, man. Again, it was just weirdly executed. But shout out to the uh, Carl Weathers tribute. That was cool. Oh, one commercial that was awesome, kind of, was the Nerd Clusters one. When had like the, the, Oh, the, yes. The, <laughs> and then it's Addison Rae yes. at the end all of a sudden. I didn't like the oh. Addison Rae part. I thought it was going to go dark for a second. If it had gone uh-huh. dark, that would have been so funny. Like if it had done like a whole like, you know, uh, like adult swim kind of version of that, uh-huh. that would have been great. I don't know who Addison Ray is, but um, TikTok star trying worry. to be an actress. Uh, don't not that <laughs> upset about it, but dude, nerds, <laughs> nerds clusters are awesome. Yes, they're awesome. They're they're one of my favorite candies. They're and they're yeah. That was happening, and and the little dinosaur nerd things were running up and then i recognized the mascot i said oh nerds and then aaron goes oh, nerd clusters and i lost my shit, <laughs> lost my shit. i love that stuff yeah the first fun story um just for you and me it's not like anybody listens it's fine um the first time i ever had a nerd cluster i was at a movie theater and uh i had a buddy sitting next to me he elbowed me and he said 
he did one of these. So I held yeah. out my hand and he dropped a bunch of them in my hand. Man alive, do they feel like popcorn <laughs> when you don't know what you're looking at? You know what I mean? It was in the middle of in the middle of bullet train. Of course, I'm enthralled. Um <laughs> And do they feel like popcorn? And I throw them in my mouth and instantly I'm like, wait, this is poison. <laughs> like this is what's happened. It's like when you drink, awesome. take a sip of what you think is water, but it's actually lemonade. You, you freak or out for a second. Vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that too. But um, yeah, that was my first nerd cluster experience. I thought that was pretty funny. They're awesome. Nerd clusters are my wife's favorite uh, movie theater. Snack. They're so good. Yeah. Me too. Me too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the game. That was a halftime report. That was the commercials. They also had trailers. We got one, two, three, four, five movie trailers we're going to break down on top of a bunch of other news. So let's get into everything you need to know about the universes you love. That's slander. It is not. Time to make the chimmy fucking chongas. Exco, give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. Exco, deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Everything you need to know about the universes you love and everything you need to know about the trailers from the Super Bowl. And we, of course, start with the big one, the one we'll spend the most time on, the one that shapes the direct podcast in the year of our Lord Taylor Swift 2024, Deadpool and Wolverine. And, of course, for this, we brought on our machine, our guy, our friend, our pal, our big, cuddly, fuzzy teddy bear, our Deadpool correspondent. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Richard Nevins. Nevins! How you doing, buddy? I have been waiting for this day since the first time I came on this podcast. And I do love the title, um, Deadpool Correspondent. I will take that in stride because holy crap, what a freaking trailer. I can't wait to talk about this. Woo! Deadpool. Very exciting. Um, so along with this, I guess we announce this now. Uh, we're going to talk about the Deadpool trailer now. This begins the first ever Marvel Studios X-Men era. Something that I have, you know, anybody's listening knows I am incredibly excited about. This is like, this has been my dream for the MCU for a very long time is the X-Men in the MCU. This begins that journey, obviously in a multiversal side story kind of way, but we're very excited. So along with that, leading up to Deadpool, which comes out July 26th, we will be rewatching, recapping, and reviewing every single Fox X-Men movie that has ever been theatrically release we're very excited about it it's going to be a lot there's like 11 or 12 movies that we're going to review it's a lot um, it one a of lot. which one of which i've never seen uh new mutants yep yeah. yep Nailed that one yeah no, i haven't seen it, watch it though. that was it, one there's of my a lot. first trips back to the theater um yeah, well, it was the first one back if <laughs> i remember right i think it was tenet <laughs> and then new mutants yeah i yeah. did i did tenet was my first one <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was for many people. Technically, my you know, my first one actually was was uh, Empire Strikes Back. That oh, was yeah. awesome. Top notch <laughs> stuff. Awesome. I, I also did that. That was a good time. But um, amazing. No, it's going to be a lot. We're going to begin our rewatch on the April 8th episode. So Godzilla vs. Kong is going to come out. We're going to review it. And then the next week, we will begin our X-Men Rewatch. We're going to start and it's going to be release order. So we're going to start with 2000s X-Men all the way through New Mutants. And then the only two that aren't going to be in order, we're going to save Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2 for last. Let's kick it off. Deadpool and Wolverine teaser trailer. Very much a teaser trailer. But we got our first look at what Deadpool and the MCU will be. Day, uh, no, Richard Nevins, your overall thoughts on the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer. 
I I loved every single bit of it. Uh, the thing I love, like, what Marvel's getting back to, for a little while there, for like a couple of years, Marvel was really starting to give away like a ton of information about the movies before they came out in the trailers. Like, remember Age of Ultron and, and stuff like that? Age of Ultron, I think, was the big one. Um, but then, especially the last couple of years, I think they've been able to tone it back and, you know, really make them actual legitimate teaser trailers just kind of setting up the vibe of what we what we know and what we're supposed to know at everything these movies um my friend adam blevins from uh, agents of fandom probably about as big of a deadpool fan as i am he said it perfectly i think this is what we saw in the trailers today it's probably only going to be from about the first 40 minutes of this movie um looking at what we saw I mean, we'll get into more details in a bit but i thought it was perfect they set up the vibe for this movie the a little bit of the plot we didn't get anything from one half of the characters that are in this movie title, Deadpool and Wolverine, which I think yeah. is amazing. You know, we can, we got plenty to save for later. And, um, you know, we got enough of a reveal right now where we can talk about it. There's a lot to talk about and there is plenty more that is still loaded up in the chamber and still waiting to be revealed later on. I loved it. Shout out Blevins, friend of the show. Uh, David, buddy, pal, friend, guy, overall thoughts. I really loved it. Um, I thought that it gave us exactly kind of what we needed because we've gotten so many set photos and official photos even of, you know, of Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. I think we finally got into a little bit of what is the movie about. And I also think what they're doing, and I love how you talk about the marketing, Richard, is because I, I had the same thought process of like, one, they're only showing us so much, probably like, first act maybe parts of the second act that they're actually going to be showing us and maybe like glimpses of the third act but we don't know you know like we we really have no idea but it i think what they're doing and i i have no idea honestly it just made me start thinking of what is the plot actually going to be why is anything ha like why is anything happening we still have no idea the why and i think because of that question it could be a complete like misdirection of what they're doing it very much so reminded me of that first Spider-Man No Way Home teaser where complete misdirection left and right. Like a ton of hype, a lot of shots from the first part of the movie, but not a ton of what actually happens, what the movie is almost actually about. And I think that could be very similar with Deadpool 3, but I'm hype. Like that ending, dude, I mean, just a brand new shot, just seeing Wolverine barely, just seeing the claws. Oh, yeah. And just just the, getting Deadpool in the MCU, like it actually felt real. You know, there is something to it where it's like, holy shit, he actually is in the MCU. He's at the TVA. This is really happening. That definitely got me pumped. I got Avengers Endgame vibes from that trailer. Like you said, with No Way Home, how it barely revealed anything from the for that first trailer for that movie. I felt the same way about Endgame, um, where really they only showed what the first 15 minutes of, of Endgame in that first trailer footage from it, at least maybe except for a couple of different shots. That is that's exactly what I've been thinking this this whole time. And I love that they that they have so much that they haven't shown yet because we don't know how long this movie is going to be yet. And I would assume two hours, I hope in the 215 to 20 range, yeah. but there is still so much. We don't know even for everything we saw yesterday. Yeah. Matt, I think, I think that um, I'm right in line with you that I'm like, I'm peak as far as excitement for this movie. This is the beginning of what I think is going to be an incredible promotional run. I think it's the Ryan Reynolds difference. Like no one really promotes their movies in the way Ryan Reynolds does in such an immersive, um, 
very straightforward but also creative way it it, it takes a very um comically creative person to be so straightforward and on the nose with everything he does yet still entertaining he does that very well that's the ryan reynolds shtick and we're still not over it yet we will someday but it's still (laughs) we're still right in line um i i will say on initial watch on my first watch which of course was on my phone because my wife wanted to watch the game right um right don't love don't love that by the way not a fan of the 30 seconds on TV. Go to your phone for the rest of it. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a, fan a fan of that in the slightest because no, I... it's never on YouTube right away. So you have to go to Twitter no. and it never Sucks. loads in, in full quality until oh. like halfway through. I had the it's exact awful. same experience. I missed like the entire Niners first drive because I'm in the bathroom <laughs> or in my room, like refreshing our uh, direct like link try, or, or yeah. not link, but like video trying to get it to actually like not be in effing 360p um that was so frustrating <laughs> i hate like, it because I, I had the same dance song and dance i'm going to youtube looking up marvel <laughs> looking up deadpool not there going to twitter looks like shit god like yeah. just drop it thank, on youtube thank god at least the first half yesterday was kind of a, a bummer for the most part i mean except yeah. for that except for that san francisco drive and 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 Shout out the Chiefs, you know, winning Super Bowl and everything real quick. But thank God all the action came in the second. They they, they had us waiting in the first half, as, as the meme says. Um, <laughs> but or they had us going in the first half. But um, pinch me chip. Um, <laughs> but thank God we got that all the trailers during the first half because uh, yeah. If 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 the problem is that two and a half minutes is too long for a Super Bowl ad, don't make the trailer two and a half minutes. Wicked was a minute. It's a teaser trailer. Why does it have to be two and a half minutes anyway, right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's so frustrating that you can't watch it on TV. You know what I mean? Like the greatest Super Bowl trailer of all time for me is the Disney Plus one from 2020. Love that one. Aspect ratio, all of it. I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. It was 45 seconds and it was perfect. Like I there you lose something when it's not all on TV. You lose yeah. something when you have to stop watching just to go to your phone. It's not intimate. I hate it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but back to the actual trailer itself. Yeah. Upon initial watch, I it was so great to get the jokes in the beginning, the TVA showing up. Um, you know, pegging is not new for me. It is for Disney. Quick camera Hilarious. flash. The, uh, Amazing. The, split, the splits up into the, uh, you know, like that was awesome. But when I watched it all the way through the first time, I didn't pick up on a lot of the Easter eggs that we're going to talk about today. I didn't pick up on anything past patch, really. Um and and that could have been me watching on my fucking phone. Problem. But, <laughs> yeah. but by the end of it, I was like, it's weird they didn't show Hugh. They're not hiding Hugh Jackman at all. He was a part of the mm-hmm. announcement. He's obviously a part of the campaign on Twitter. He's he's very much in this movie, and everybody who's paying attention knows. Um, beyond the behind-the-scenes photos, because you got the 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 Wrexham video and the them on the couch, and, hey, Hugh, you want to do another one? Sure, like that video from two years ago. Not showing Hugh Jackman there at the end for that for that stinger. They didn't do the after title card stinger with Hugh Jackman's face. That bothered me a little bit. But I sit down, I watch it again on full HD on my phone finally, and go through all the different Easter eggs. And man, are they doing the thing? They are just dropping. And and they even they I think they even said it like you know hold on to your nerd pants or whatever. Like they they did all the things that make us excited, right? And um, I just yeah. can't wait to. You know, bringing the X-Men in, one thing, doing it with Deadpool, giving Deadpool 3 that Spider-Man, Captain America treatment 
where it is like you get your third movie big. Like like this is going to be a trilogy we all remember. You know, it's going to yeah. be amazing. I'm mm-hmm. very excited about it. And um, I think, again, you know, we talked about it at nauseum, David. But what, what Loki and the Marvels did back to back in that 10 day run, the Loki finale and the Marvels, the way they set this up, picture perfect. I couldn't couldn't be happier with how we led into this, let alone how happy I am with what it's uh, what it's going to end up being. Yeah. And I think what's cool is that Loki was such a popular series just season one that, you know, I was watching. I, I put on the full trailer while waiting for Usher at halftime so we could all like kind of sit back and watch the whole thing on the TV. And, and you know, like like you said, actually watch it on kind of a bigger screen, not our phones. And it was really funny when um, I forget someone that kind of shouted it out behind me like, oh, it's the guys from Loki. Like, and yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, I don't even know if you yep. watched season two, but even if you just know anything about the Loki series, you immediately kind of understand, right? It's like, oh, shit, like this is this multiversal thing out of space, out of time, and they're recruiting him. Um, Two things on that. One, Richard, when Alicia showed up on that piano. Oof. Oh yeah, I know. I know you love a baby grand at the Super Bowl, baby. I know your musician ass loves that. No complaints there. That was amazing. (laughs) Um, It was a red baby too, just fucking awesome. Um, But it was great. I will say, I I I try. I made fun of him a little bit on Twitter this morning. To all the people who went into the Marvels, oh, I gotta watch WandaVision and the Miss Marvel and uh, this. I've been thinking this the whole time. I can't. I hate all the homework I have to do. Very quiet when it's Deadpool two and you have to watch all these X Men movies and two seasons of Loki, which is not like an easy watch show. Nobody says a fucking word. I I think (laughs) it is interesting on that point, Matt, where the internet has become so easy to just kind of read of what characters movies they're already backing don't have to win yeah. them over you know what i mean like it was the same thing i mean yeah and no the ones that they're was... already against too on yeah. the other side yeah. no ex- absolutely that's exactly what i'm saying like there is either you're either nowadays you're either out on something from the beginning or you're in and honestly a lot of people have been in on loki and are clearly very in on deadpool and and you know i think for a lot of people this is going to be their return to marvel which while that's not I would say the best approach, but I don't really, you know, do whatever you want. That is still awesome. It's like everyone's going to be storming back into theaters to watch this shit in July. For sure. It's it's poor Ian on Twitter. I don't know. I, I don't follow that guy. I don't follow. But poor Ian, he tweeted the gun loading scene, which was cool. I did just see it in kick ass last week. You know, they did the exact same thing. <laughs> but um dope as shit by the way it was fucking awesome um, it was, it, it's an incredible shot and that whole fight scene i'm sure is going to be amazing i'm not saying it's not but him coming out here and saying that that's the coolest thing marvel studios has done in years when we just got the hallway fight from guardians 3 we just got the switching places fight from the marvels we just saw loki make a cape out of time come on like like he, he was teeing it up a little bit there i will say you're preaching Honestly, to the fucking yeah. choir, Matt. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, would not agree with you anymore. Like, listen, you're talking to the biggest Deadpool fan, not only at the direct, but uh, but possibly our entire group of, of fandom. I thought Deadpool catching the the mags and the bullet the, and the gun was one of the coolest Sick. things I've ever one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Period. I, just because I love Deadpool, but that does not negate the fact that we've gotten some cool shit in the last <laughs> year or two. I, I mean, come yeah. on. 
I do think there is, I, th- <laughs> I think that tweet was just awesome because it had so many quote tweets, reactions. And I honestly, it, I mean, maybe he has some kind of, I don't want to say an agenda. He has like that, like mentality of kind of like tr- that it, he was trying to talk shit. Yeah. I, I think there's a chance he, he just clipped that and tweeted it, not really thinking, being like, this is fucking awesome. Like this was so cool. But at right. the same time, because honestly, it is just one little move, but it is really cool. He's it in is what cool. seems to be the void. Yeah. The 20th century Fox things in the background. Like, holy <laughs> shit. The, the, the way he reloads them, like cocks it's, them. Yes. It's, it's so cool. It's it's cool. Chloe, uh, I saw it in Kick-Ass. And I thought, man, that is some Captain America Winter Soldier shit. And then you said that on Twitter today. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. It's dope. <laughs> Um, okay. It it's all it is also funny that it's coming off the heels of the Marvels coming out on Disney Plus, and there's a barrage of tweets like, "Wow, this is actually pretty good." Yeah. I've been saying this for the last couple of days. It's amazing what happens when you actually watch a movie. Who'd have thought? It's interesting. Uh, Marvels is getting it's kind of like the Pixar treatment because it seems like it's pretty popular now on Disney Plus. People are checking it out. Uh, Elemental. It's a quick movie too. Like I think people because when you go it's on a fun. streaming service, you click it yeah. and it's like, oh, an hour and forty five minutes. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, hundred minutes. Go. That's nothing. All of a sudden, you see Beast at the end, and you're just ready to rock and roll for Deadpool Happy. three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Killers of the Flower Moon the other day for the first time. Oh, how'd you like it? Very long. long. I I'm thought it was have good. to do that at some point, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really well acted. I thought the ending was genius. The way they just made a joke of it, which is just so horrific and terrible. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. It was. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it like blew my mind other than that. The creativity of the ending and just seeing Marty out there is fucking walking it off. But like um, spoilers for Killers of Lightroom, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but right. uh, long, very long. Yeah, Shia it's Lily like three Glassstone. and a half hours. I, like Lily Gosson's unbelievable in that movie. It was just a lot of the same thing over and over and over. And, and shout out Leo DiCaprio for playing a dumb guy in movies. I love yeah. him playing stupid people because <laughs> he's so good at it. He's so good at playing stupid, <laughs> stupid, dumb human beings. <laughs> like that was so making a murderer. I just want to watch WrestleMania. You know, <laughs> like it was tough. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into it. I, I I'm running a little long. I can tell. The trailer goes on, and we get the birthday party at the beginning. We're going to go through the big points chronologically. First of all, Richard, I want to go to you. Returning Deadpool characters. We're getting our cast of Deadpool people back. We got Dopender, who's incredible. Uh, Blind Al, Vanessa, looking as incredible as she ever has. Um, Vanessa, Colossus, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, Yukio, hi, Yukio. Shadowstar, Buck. Um, who I didn't realize at first, but then Buck is the guy from the first one. And then Peter, of course. Peter's back. Um, Richard, what was it like seeing the crew back together? Probably just for a quick, hey, how are you, before we move on to multiversal shenanigans. But this is like a tribute to the Foxman Deadpool first two movies. Like this is, they're not letting it go. It's a continuation. Absolutely. I mean, it was great seeing all of them back. Really, the only ones that we didn't get from the first couple of movies are um, Zazie Beats and um, Josh Brolin as um, Domino and Cable. 
Um, and I know they're they're almost definitely not going to be in this movie, but we got most of the cast back. It was awesome. And also, it took me a second to figure out Buck, too, just because it, just because he's such a minor character in both of the first two movies. I remember from the second one, too, he's the one that's giving giving away this whole thing about the five stages of Greek and grief. And yeah. um, and he goes, Jesus Christ, Buck. No more speaking yeah. lines for you. He's so bad. <laughs> he's so bad. But it was great seeing all of them. Um, it really makes it feel like a Deadpool movie to start, at least what the first two have been. I could see some of them maybe coming along for the ride um, as Deadpool goes on this crazy time and multiverse jumping adventure, um, especially hopefully like Vanessa and Negasonic Teenage Warhead and maybe Yukio and Colossus and stuff. Hi, Yukio. But- yeah, <laughs> um, I, I hope we get a little bit more of them throughout the movie than more than just the first scene. But it's going to be great seeing them back either way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's a classic Marvel trilogy go. You know, what I mean, bring everybody back for the first one. It's fa- it's Fast and Furious as fuck, too. You know, what I mean, Joanna Brewster, Joanna Brewster shows up for a scene and then she's gone the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. And then the, and then the TVA show up and shit gets real. Um, just quick bullet points of the TVA section of this. Um it seems like it's coming off the Deadpool 2 ending where he went back, used the cable Terminator thing to uh, change a bunch of things in time, bring Vanessa back, kill himself in the Origins movie that David's going to watch. And I can't wait for us to watch that, by the way. <laughs> um, he's never seen it. I'm so excited. Oh, man. <laughs> um, it's one of the best bad comic book movies ever made. Um, yeah, I can't wait for the rewatch. It's going it to be seemed- educational. <laughs> It seems the TVA is reacting to that because Peter is back and Shatterstar is back and they had died previously. No Brad Pitt. Um, Agent could be, could be Brad Pitt. Vanisher. Well, yeah, I mean, there for sure. <laughs> just saying. Uh, just a, fl- a floating backpack. All of a sudden um, they prune. It looks like nothing. And then Brad Pitt just pops up getting pruned one more time. Yeah. Was it, eight, yeah. He was in the movie for eight Frames. Yeah. Not yeah. Even a they, they could do it again. They could do it again. So good. Totally. <laughs> so good. They could repurpose the footage even. Um, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, and then uh the TVA t- takes Deadpool, we assume in reaction to that, right? And then agent or judge, we don't really know for sure. Paradox, all-time fucking TVA name, by the way. Mobius Paradox. Yeah. Come on. Um, uh, played by Matthew McFadden from Succession. Um, he sits him down, we get a new uh artwork in the tva showing the tree of life not the sacred timeline so loki's tva is in full effect they're looking for kang variants but you know probably also just managing timelines of that ilk you know something like that right pruning kang related things um and then we get our next episode of rewatch theater which is something that we got in loki season one episode one where we rewatch loki's life this time it was age of ultron they were in sokovia Thor Ragnarok was shown, Winter Soldier, Civil War. Looking back on the MCU, this is where we get the Marvel Jesus line. This is where Deadpool says, I'm going to fix your little cinematic universe. David Thompson, the plot is seemingly the TVA is bringing in Deadpool the same way they brought in Loki to either track down a variant or fix a timeline problem that maybe he started. Yeah, this is what was so interesting to me. This is where the trailer, I thought, got so fascinating because... We get the opening. Mm. I'm like, wait, aren't they dead? And then I'm like, oh, right. The post credit <laughs> scene. That's that's the whole catalyst for this whole thing. Mm. Clearly, that's Celine like Dion. Him, him going oh, yeah. back and, you know, just fucking shit up and all these different timelines is clearly what's going to cause the TVA to get his attention. And that makes sense. Really cool, like backwards way of putting him into the MCU. Like they had no idea Buggy. when Deadpool 2 is very Deadpool. Happening. 
Yeah, and just awesome. Um, with the TVA, I think it's so interesting because we don't really get any familiar faces. We get familiar places and you know logos, obviously. Hey, I think, I think with this uh, movie, I just have some predictions here. It felt very. This is what I meant earlier when it's like misdirection. It felt very. All of this could be different in the movie. Like what's mm, on the screens, mm-hmm. what he's saying. Like it was so just, it was a teaser trailer. It was so yeah. out of place and out of time. And like the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe line. Like I'm very curious what what of any of that actually makes the final cut. Because continuing on a little bit with stick on the TVA, it's like, okay, similar to Loki, enlisting him to go do a job. Later, he's then just absolutely wasting away on TVA agents. What the hell's going on, right? Like, uh-huh. what act, What is actually the plot? Like, that That was the biggest question from this trailer, seeing the TVA is, is it actually the same as Loki? Are they really trying to bring him in? Because in this, they're not even showing his life. And it's not like this version of Deadpool. I mean, I guess it is similar. Like, he kind of broke off the sacred timeline, but he was never on the sacred timeline. So it's... It's pretty confusing, and I think it's gonna be so interesting to see what the actual plot is. And I hope they never get to it in the trailer. I hope they never show more. I hope it always is just this kind of beat for beat thing where you can tell your hop, skip, and jumping over so many important details, and then you just see some awesome clips of him fighting, and you don't really care anymore. But none of it actually makes any sense in the trailer, and I love that about it. Richard, I want to get your response to that, but just to kind of like encapsulate that thought, because that's a really good point, David. They've given us the story. TVA needs Deadpool to do a thing. What that thing is, we don't know. He's obviously going to a bunch of different locations, we assume because it's comic books, recruiting a bunch of different people for a thing. Again, the thing we don't know. They're giving us the story, not the plot, which I think is a great way to do a trailer. Mm -hmm. It's not like, and I hate doing it, but like the Aquaman 2 trailer gave away the entire plot to the movie. Like, here's exactly what's going to happen, and we're going to fill in action scenes between them. This one, they give us the story, and when we go to those locations, we still don't know the context. I think that's a very cool thing they did. Uh, Nevin's... Oh, sorry. For Richard, and to be fair, I mentioned No Way Home earlier. Even No Way Home, I think, is giving up more, gave up more at the time. Because it totally. did get into the whole spell, like why Peter mm-hmm. needs to go to Doctor Strange. I, I truly don't think this trailer is giving us the why. Like you mentioned it, the story, not the plot. We're getting the what, we're getting the who, we're so, getting the sort of, the where, sort of, not the why, not the when. Like, it's totally out how. of time. Yeah, or the how. Well, the how, I mean, well, the sorry, time yeah. variance authority. Yeah, right, yep. <laughs> and even then, the gladis- ah, I love the fucking suit up shot, dude. Bang! It's so good. I'm so I'm so curious how it gets the void. By the way, just like, so oh, we yeah. will get there. We yeah. will get there. <laughs> we will get there. But <laughs> as far as the TVA, the recruiting, the mission, the rewatch theater, Nebens, what what do you think? It, what do you think is the why? I guess David set up the question. What do you think the answer is out off this trailer? Why Deadpool? What is Deadpool doing, and why him? Well, it's funny. This whole thing brings up a couple of questions. One, I actually wanted to mention a question that I wanted to mention after that first scene where he's with everybody. What is Deadpool's um, what's what's it called? The the moment that causes the timeline to change. Um, I know there was a term for it they used in Loki. Nexus event? But 
Nexus, Nexus event. Maybe, maybe the, or the Nexus event or the, or whatever causes the timeline to get crazy. On it. Be- because he, he, um, he was talking about he had been away from the game. It seems like for a few years. It seems like him yeah. and Vanessa had been through some through some stuff after the end of Deadpool two and after he did all the crazy shit to save everybody. So what is it that brings the TVA to his door yes. and changes everything? And and this is really one of the first times too that like we saw Garfield and McGuire come into the into the MCU from their own universes and the villains and everything in No Way Home. This is going to be kind of the same thing with Deadpool. But he's going to stick around for a while. Like Deadpool's coming to the MCU, I think, for good. And I think part of it is this whole idea of I think they're adopting the the Deadpool kills the Fox universe. I think that's right. going to be a big part of this movie somehow, some way. But from the trailer, I don't know how it's going to happen. But I think that's going to be just going to be a part of it because I think that's just the the general idea of that comic is, I think, the idea that they should be using for a movie where Deadpool enters the MCU. But but I do love the fact that there are so many questions about that. Like, like you said, why does the TVA recruit Deadpool to do whatever thing he is doing? Is it to to stop certain events in the MCU from happening or is it to, to do something else? I don't know, but I cannot wait to find out. I got a theory. Um, I got a theory and I, it's not my original, but I do like it a lot. Deadpool has net. They've never been shy about the fourth wall in the Deadpool movies. You know what I mean? Like he will look right right at the fucking camera. It's not something they're and they'll talk about how he's looking at the camera. You know what I mean? Like he'll break the fourth wall talking about how he's breaking the fourth wall. Whereas like she Hawk was more of an inner monologue thing. Like she's talking to the audience like as like a bouncing off her thoughts and dealings. Deadpool will talk to you about the events of the movie he's in. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there's something to that within the vast multiverse with uh uh Jeffrey Wright looking over everybody. The watcher, yep. Me in the face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um God, I can't wait for Batman too. Just saw American <laughs> fiction, by the way. He's so good in that yeah. movie. Does he sound like that? Kind of. <laughs> a little bit. He's very described. Be- <laughs> he actually has a very so similar like funny. tone in that movie. What a wild line delivery in that fucking movie, dude. He's so upset about it. It's so I funny. love that version of Gordon. <laughs> so I funny. love it. So um, great. But in this fast multiverse, Deadpool has a very unique aspect of being able to look in between the multiverses. The same way that in What If, uh, you drafted it, David, the the in between the yeah multiverse area, they are able to look at the different things and talk about them openly to the audience. Deadpool has that capability, so I think that makes him some sort of special being that is able to jump between the universes. And like we saw at the end of the Marvels, we just saw the first MCU character, Monica Rambeau, get pulled into a new universe, the X-Men universe, because we see Kelsey Grammer in the lab coat, and we see uh, Maria Rambeau as... Um, binary. Binary. And it's, it's you know, that's how the MCU got there. I think this is going to be how the X-Men universe gets to us. And But to do that, we got to put together a team. And I just think that the fourth wall thing... I, and I've been saying this for years on this podcast. Deadpool is going to look at us and explain to us the multiverse in the MCU a way we've never been explained. But That'd I also awesome. think that is kind of the key as to why, like why no him? Doubt. Because you, for because for whatever this is, like She-Hulk breaking through Disney Plus, like that was not like a throwaway joke. Like that was a very like special thing that took that show and made it meta. 
Deadpool's mm-hmm. been doing it in two straight movies. So like I feel like that is going to play a part of the story, not just him doing it, but like that could be like a narrative reason as to why the TVA is looking after him because you could talk to the camera, no one else can. Yeah. And I don't know. I to think me, that could be a, a fun tongue-in-cheek Deadpool thing. Still based on this I, like TVA deal and Deadpool, like what you're going off of. To me, based on just this trailer and what we've discussed so far, it feels like Deadpool is being set up to be like the main character in an upcoming Avengers movie. Like that, that was how I be. felt after watching the movie. It's like he's I could, just the shot of <laughs> just him all of a sudden suited up in the TVA's offices. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, here we go. Like uh. he's here and. It, I mean, it felt like a passing of the baton in many ways. Like he's saluting Cap. He's watching all the Avengers. Like what really? It, he called himself Marvel Jesus. Exactly. He did, and like he that, did do that. It, to <laughs> me, that was very on the nose of like this movie is kind of like to some people's point, like trying to save Marvel. I don't think it necessarily needs saving. But I do think in 2024, as it's the only theatrical film, it can have that effect. And it can get people reinvigorated and excited for the multiverse saga because, like you mentioned, Matt, this can be the movie, the project that explains the multiverse in a way that everyone can get behind, that everyone can be like, okay, this makes sense. I cannot wait from point A in Deadpool 3 to point B in Kang Dynasty to point C in Secret Wars. And we're kind of going to be on finally on this kind of more clear linear track within the multiverse saga. While we have also, you know, Echo and Daredevil and all these awesome street level stories as well. Without what, it being what? forced. That, I'm, I'm so sorry, yeah. Richard. But that's yeah, the wrong, key. Like, like they can look at the camera and explain it that way without it being forced. It isn't yeah. Black Panther uh, intro where it is just um, yeah. exploration dump. Like it's natural. It's organic. But also if they tie that fourth wall thing into the TVA's reasoning, now it's natural, organic and a part of the story. You know, it's it's all uh, uh, no way home. It's fan service and service of the story, which is yeah. yes, that's that's the magic sauce we need right there. Yeah. Um, yeah and one one quick th- theory I was just thinking actually while you we were talking through this real quick. Um, I was just thinking, what if the TVA start noticing Deadpool through the fourth wall breaking anytime he mentions something that's in the MCU? Like the line just came to my mind from number two. Um, like what the hell is this guy doing this motherfucker with a winter soldier arm um mm-hmm. and like stuff like that those could be like little blips how does he on know exactly ah. little blips on the tva's radar that that like get their attention on him and at some point it grows and grows and grows until it's a branch timeline or something and that could Fucking be the, the the turning point i know this goes away from some of those genius. set photo leaks but is he like is it a iteration and adaptation of like a nexus being quote unquote? I never, when, when WandaVision was it coming out, we had these conversations so much where it's like, he's maybe he, I mean, I think he does have variants, but like you guys are saying, is there some kind of title or anything that makes him like quote unquote special, you know, where it's like, this is the Deadpool. This is the, prime deadpool in, in in like a way like you know what i mean deadpool where it's prime. not mm-hmm. like we saw so like scarlet that was, witch because I mean, at the end scarlet witch like scarlet witch loki like tom hiddleston's loki at the end of season two that is prime whatever you want to call of stories like, yeah god of stories yeah. that is the loki holding it all together and this is going to be the deadpool 
I don't know, unraveling it, destroying it, killing the Fox universe. But what's the motive? Why? That right. is going to be the question over the next five months. We're going to have to wait for it, seems like. So that's the only other thing is that like that could be the TVA's why Deadpool has this ability to do something that they need him to do. That could be hit their why. But why is Deadpool helping? Why would he go? Because they're pruning the Fox universe. You know what I mean? Like they are killing yeah. the Fox universe. That's where all Deadpool's friends are. You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's it's going down with the ship. I love the idea, the regenerated degenerate, like like that being a more meta thing. I just think is such a cool opportunity for this uh, character and show and movie and all that. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and, and like, uh, and, and just real quick before we go on, this movie could like really analyze Deadpool's whole ability to break the fourth wall on like almost like a clinical level because he's working with the TVA. And because like you said, they might need that superpower um, for whatever mission they're going to accomplish. And I think that could be like the, the kind of explainer behind Deadpool and how he works in these universes. And I think that's something really cool that they could explore. And, you know, just to, I'm not saying it's true. You know, the behind the scenes leak, we've seen a Deadpool variant in a leak. You know what I mean? Yes. He, we we have seen it. I'm not going to explain it in case people, but we have seen it. Yeah. Would you guys put it past Ryan Reynolds to put that out there as just a little, you know, you know, red herring or whatever? You know, not like, that even yeah. sort of. You know, and, oh, we'll put me in a ponytail for this behind the scenes picture. People are going to think that it's a whole thing. And we totally. you know like dog pools in it. Like, I think, I think sure. this will end up being a bit of a, like there could be multi, like we could get like Lady Deadpool. We could get several different kind of Deadpool iterations. Yeah. And one thing, like last thing off the TV TVA is you mentioned it, I think, at the very beginning, Matt, which is gonna be so interesting in the context of this movie. And I hope and I hope it's well addressed because us fans who are fully caught up want to know. You know, their new mission was seemingly based on the finale, solely focused on he who remains on on Kang. And I'm curious where Deadpool fits into that and how this works into that narrative. Because what's cool about the TVA is that it is like out of time where in in like perpetually this could feel in Deadpool 3 like it's been their mission for a generation, for a millennium. You know what I mean? Like th mm -hmm. this thing doesn't work day by day, literally. Yeah. In Deadpool yeah. 3, when he meets the TVA, the 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 tree of life the, the tree of time this could be there this could have been their mission for literally a thousand years i think that is going to be very interesting to see that's good that's a really cool way to look at it and um, yeah. i think it, and i think again like it's just going to make it such an awesome like why what does deadpool have to do with kang well maybe deadpool could do something to stop kang that nobody else can and 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 also it could be as non-serious as any of that. You know what I mean? It could just totally. be some stupid reason, but because it's Deadpool, because the vehicle they chose for this is such a dynamic comedy vibe, they can go anywhere they want. It's all very exciting. Let's go into a few of the places that they are going. Hey, oh, transition. Uh, we got the setup with all the TVA stuff. You know, uh, we're going to introduce you into a world of new heroes is what they said. You're going to uh, be entered into the pantheon of heroes. And we see Iron Man and Hulk and Thor and Cap and uh, it's perfect. And then <laughs> we get a few flash shots of Deadpool going to what seems like a bunch of different locations. And I'm just going to run through a few of the locations and then we'll end on the big one here at the end. OK, one of them, he's sitting in what looks to be like a big dinosaur mouth. 
skeleton mouth, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. It looks a lot like the bed from Sakaar that the Hulk had in Thor, but yeah. also Savage Lance. Why not? Could be either one. Why not Savage Lance? You know I mean, especially if he's going after a Wolverine. There could be a few different Wolverines we can go get. One of them could be wearing a little Tarzan robe and could be a very feral situation. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nevins, as a Ragnarok fan yourself, what are you rooting for? Are you rooting for another visit to Sakaar, or do we hope we finally get Savage Land in live action? As much as I'd love going back to Sakaar, I want something new, because we thought we were getting Savage Lands during that one little snippet in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness when yep. they were floating through all those different uh, universes. Um, but... I am. I'm really hoping for Savage Lands. I think this movie. I mean, of course, it's going to be the first movie where they go full X Men because they've got two mutants as the leading characters. You said it, and oh my god, I cannot wait for how much that theme song is probably going to be used in that movie. Um, but no, Savage Lands would be awesome. Um, you know, getting to see maybe a Tarzan Wolverine, um, some Magneto stuff potentially. Um, I mean, I don't know how much Azar. this movie's. Yeah, I don't know how much this movie is going to set up like the future of the MCU's X-Men right. rather than just like the, the legacy Fox X-Men, but I want it either way. So give us some Savage Lands. Hella Hugh Jackman's is kind of my vibe. The next one, David, uh, we walk up on, and I, I'm going to skip around something a little more MCU focus. It seems like we're in Sokovia, the age of Ultron shots from the rewatch wall. There were two of them from age of Ultron specifically. Um, and it seems like we're back into the opening scene of Age of Ultron, one of the best Avengers scenes that we've had so far um, in that winter thing. There are two theories of people who we think that we're going to meet in that area. Quicksilver, which obviously has an amazing X-Men MCU crossover Avengers tie, or our captain, Steve Rogers. Uh, do you think we're going back to Sokovia, David? I do. Um, after watching the trailer 15 times, I do. Because... <laughs> On the 14th time, I wasn't sure, but no, seriously, <laughs> I think it's going to be, I think it is going to be the whole, I mean, this is the most fun you could have with Deadpool, the Scarlet Witch Quicksilver thing, something that for years we're watching YouTube videos and reading articles and being like, why can they share these characters and why are they both doing them? Um, This is just, this is money, I think, for Deadpool and I think getting Quicksilver and being like, why the fuck are you in this universe? You're not supposed to be here. Something like that. That would be awesome. So I think it, I think it will be somehow Quicksilver motivated. And that's why he's there. It was very interesting in the trailer. We don't get anything besides seemingly the location of possibly Sokovia, him and TVA agents. Um, we didn't see any heroes or anyone else. So that was another one where it's like they're just showing us. It's like a little peephole into what's actually happening. But that would be my best guess because at the end of the day, I think we can all confidently say this movie being the first Fox men, Fox X-Men Deadpool crossover with Disney. It's going to be all about mutants. It, that's mm-hmm. going to be the focus having it's right. Deadpool and Wolverine at the end oh, of yeah. the day. Like the, the mutants point. are going to be the focus of the film. Yeah. And I think that also like it does give also more credence to the putting together a team aspect of it you know what i mean totally. out, of, out of all the different mutant team members like he can collect not uh animated series characters which i think he will the wolverine shot at the end seems like it's just pulled right out of the thing uh multiverse of madness uh professor x pulled right out of the animated series i think we'll collect all those guys but pulling quicksilver from the mcu great add-on to your team 
uh, pulling different Fox characters. I think also just stuff like that. Fox, maybe not like like definitely more mutants than not, but also just Fox characters specifically. Fox. And Quicksilver yeah. is a fun one that plays in both areas. The only other suggestion I'll make to that scene, I'm I'm with you on the Sokovia thing. That's where I'm more leaning. The only other thing I'm thinking, the forest where Logan dies at the end of yeah. Logan. That's my only other thought, except it's not snowing there. That so was, that's where I'm. Yeah. That's see, that would be a the, thing, though. On the 14th watch, I was with you. Oh, yeah. With you. 15th, <laughs> I'm like, there's the snow. The snow is there. Um, very, but I will say funny. I'm I'm even more on the board with what you were saying about the Segovia thing now. Like I was on the Segovia train anyways, but I love the fact that like that like what you said, they're getting the X-Men. So, you know, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, you know, everybody was wondering why they were there in Age of Ultron and how Marvel could use them. And Deadpool's the per- perfect vehicle to use that for. It's because they're also Avengers. It's great. Um, uh, we also head to a casino. Things seem to be popping off and we see what looks like a Hugh Jackman quaff in a white tuxedo, ladies and gentlemen, it's Patch. And we're back. Uh, Wolverine's alter ego in the comics is Patch, where he goes to match rapport that we saw in Falcon Winter Soldier, and he causes trouble. Nevins, uh, it seems like we're getting Patch Wolverine here. It seems like it's going to be Hugh Jackman. How many Hugh Jackmans do you think we get? Because we've already seen two. We've speculated on Savage Land. Could be a third. That's a lot. It, it is a lot. I mean, I I will not put a limit on how many Wolverines we could get. If I if I had to put a number on it, I wouldn't I wouldn't venture out a guess as to too many. I'd say maybe like four or five over the course of the movie. But I do love that they're going to Madripoor because Madripoor in the comics, if I remember correctly, is a, a pivotal you know Wolverine location. I think it's like where he's from or it's where he like, holds his business. His personal life is in Madripoor. Yeah, exactly. His 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 godfathering there, um, and and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I love the fact that we're getting that variant of him. Somebody I can't remember who suggested it on Twitter. What if we get the Daniel Radcliffe version of uh, of Wolverine there, the one yeah. that everybody's been wanting? Um, oh. <laughs> just a, just a wild thought. But like like they could have different you know actors playing different variants of Wolverine potentially. I mean, I do. I think Hugh Jackman's gonna be the main one, two, or three of them. I mean, it, this movie is Hugh Jackman's almost as much as it is Ryan Reynolds. But that's just a thought I'm throwing out there. But I, I cannot wait for them to to go full Madripoor again, especially because we really have only seen it in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And this is going to be the first time it's going to be in a movie, which, I mean, assuming that it, it, that it is Madripoor. I will not be standing for any recasting of X-Men characters unless it is the official start of the X-Men in the MCU. Just saying. Um, I think we might get some, like, uh, stupid cameos, like like, like a John Krasinski type. Exactly, I was exactly that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like where it is, like the John Krasinski type, where we're getting a cameo of a character that will actually be recast in a future. Channing project. Tatum, yeah, Channing Tatum. Like I don't, yes, exactly. <laughs> like that that kind of an idea where it's a it's a wink, it's a nod. You know, Daniel Radcliffe. I saw Taron Egerton possibly. Um, yep. which I mean, could be possibilities for a legitimate casting. That's what I'm saying. Does it take them off the board? You know, like it, it probably right. does. I mean, it, that's the thing like this. So you have to tread lightly with these things. Um, and I think I, you know what, honestly, after watching this trailer, I, I will make one statement. I don't think this movie is going to give us really any inclination of what the future of the mutants in the mcu are going to be i, I think they're no, really going to wait so, on no. that like i i think they're just going to 
I think in the multiverse saga, and we've saw, we've talked about this, Matt, for a long time, how probably post-secret, you know, Secret Wars, it then maybe becomes the mutant saga within the MCU because we're getting a proper, like, you know, reboot, recast, whatever happens. Um, <laughs> it feels like there's going to be dealing with, like, dealing with a neck, you know, a, a what do they call it? Um, when the when the um, timelines collide and incursion, incursion, like an incursion of some sort with mm-hmm. Fox Universe and the MCU, you know, and just it's like, not that simple, but something like that. Just just like we saw at the end of the Marvels, it's good stuff. Um, in the last exactly. location that we were in, and the one everybody's very excited about, it very much seems like we are in the Void, the Void from Loki season one. Um, the Void is where when the TVA prunes something, they all get dropped into this one area. So. Uh, we see a bunch of different uh, I I cannot icon uh, things. See a bunch of things iconography for why this could be the void. We see the Golden Gate Bridge from X three. Little spoiler there for you, David. Um, we see the skeleton of a Leviathan um, from the Avengers movies, and also anytime the Shatari showed up. We see a shield helicarrier, which is something we have not seen in a very long time in Marvel Studios. And then we see a very crumbled 20th Century Fox logo, which is the statue logo from the opening from our childhood um, destroyed. So I, that to me says they have pruned the Fox universe and now Deadpool is combating that somehow. Um, but also in the void, we see a few different characters. We see the return of Pyro from X2 and X3 played by Aaron Stanford. And, of course, we see the comic-accurate animated series suit Wolverine that we know is Hugh Jackman. Richard, talk to me about the Void. What do you think Deadpool's doing in there? And how many different... Is this just going to be the Easter egg fest of the movie? I would have to assume so. I mean, this is this is where all those set photos came from, especially the, the 20th Century Fox logo. We saw that in, in July. Um, I think this is going to be... I don't know if they're going to be in the Void for a long time, um, assuming that, you know, th- they move away from it after the first, you know, half or 40 minutes of the movie or whatever. But I do think there's going to be a lot of action here. Um, I, a couple other things I saw were the um, the ice cream truck from Moon Knight was in there. Um, and and there were a couple other a couple other Easter eggs I noticed, too. But this Every one, this. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> and no, this this whole sequence in the void is, is going to be nuts. We saw a picking up one of the TVA agents and like, and throwing him into oblivion, sending like making Deadpool go all crazy. Um, obviously there's, that's where we got the, the, the cool ass action shot with the guns. Um, no, yeah. this is going to be a, a pivotal scene. I think this could be like, if I'm thinking about it in the timeline of the movie, maybe like, like the first act turning point, or maybe like a big, um, cliffhanger moment halfway through the movie or something where, um, X or uh, Wolverine and Deadpool really start working together for the first time after some weird fight or, or something like that. But but no, I'm very curious to see how Deadpool ends up in there. Is he does he go up against some kind of rogue evil TVA agent? Does he piss Matthew McFadden off? Um, does he pyro? You know, get pyro? Does he get pruned there? Speaking of which, I got a I got a cool article up on Pyro um, on the direct.com. It was cool seeing him back. Um, and also good for Aaron Stanford. Goggles. 
with the goggles and everything. Good for Aaron Stanford too, because he uh, he talked to our guy Russ um, about it about maybe about a month or so ago, and he hid that very well. That you know he's like, I would be cool to do an X Men movie again. You know, not that you know I'm in Deadpool three as Pyro for sure coming back. Um, so good for him <laughs> on that. But yeah. um, but no, I can't wait to see what kind of characters we end up meeting in the void because like we saw in Loki. Um, there are a bunch of people down there who got pruned, different Loki variants. There, this could be where we meet the uh, the spoiler-filled uh, other Ryan Reynolds Deadpool variant. Um, and the stories behind that are going to be really fun to explore, like why they got pruned, how they got pruned, and this whole, yeah, pruning of the Fox universe. Um, so I can't wait to find out. David, my educated guess would be that this is where it takes a turn in the movie where the, you know, he, he he gets pruned somehow. Like he has to end up there somehow. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. you know, against the TVA for the TVA, Renslayer's there, Eliath is there, uh, the old TVA is there. If we remember from the end of Loki season two, like you right. know, like the old remnants of the TVA is all in the void. Does this feel like a midpoint in the movie to you? Does this feel like maybe not that they obviously didn't give anything away, but us looking a little further into it. Once we get to the void, I feel like it's going to be a big shift in the movie. Absolutely. I mean, I think based on everything that I know that it will be a shift in the movie where and even based on just the trailer, it seems like this is the introduction to Wolverine. Like it, somehow the void is where we get to Hugh Jackman. Um, maybe it's Madripoor, right? With Patch, like maybe that's it. But I honestly think that this is it. I think this is where we get introduced to him because they're fighting, you know, like I there's still so many questions like it's not Wolverine versus Deadpool or, you know, like it, it's it's supposed to be ultimately a buddy cop movie, possibly. Um, I'm not sure. Probably. Um, and I hope so. And I think if that's the case, like that means like the final shot that we get is when they're first, you know, their first kind of encounter, they fight somehow they talk it through. And then we, you know, then we go on and they've come to a an agreement, a decision. And now we have Ryan Reynolds annoying Hugh Jackman for an hour and a half for the rest of the movie. And it, it'll be awesome. Love it. We also get a shot of what seems to be Cassandra Nova in the void. For those who don't know who that is, including me before this morning, Cassandra Nova is like a twin sister of Professor X, basically a bizarro Professor X uh, in a sense. Uh, Richard, am I right along that thinking? And uh, do we think probably this is our big bad? I'm definitely thinking that's our big bad. Emma Corrin is playing playing this character, and they are awesome in uh, in the Crown. They do a great job. Um, I I do think this is going to be our main villain. I feel like this is a good villain for Deadpool to have somebody tied so closely to the X Men, and especially Professor X um, gives us more of a chance of possibly another Patrick Stewart cameo um, in that movie too. And also shout out to him for one of the one of the funniest moments in any Super Bowl trailer um, that we saw this weekend. Barrymore, shut your face. <laughs> um, which was which was hilarious. It's so weird how early they put that trailer out on the internet. It really is. What was like a two week weeks, ago or something? Two weeks we've been watching that, I feel like. Wow. Right? Wow. Am I crazy? Um it would have been so great had that been the first time we saw it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like Drew um, Barrymore and Creed. Okay, come on. I mean, it's seriously. But anyways, going back to um going back to Cassandra Nova, yeah, from what I've read over the last couple of days since seeing Seeing her in the trailer, she seems like like a parasitic, like not, Im, disembodied version of Professor X. From what it seems, it's like some kind of parasitic 
character that can like embody the form of other people. And what she does is she takes on a version of Professor X from what I've read in the comics. So I think it's a very cool, um, a different kind of villain um, for Deadpool to pay, to face after, you know, uh, unheardable, uh, what's his name, Francis in the first one. And then obviously um, Julian Dennison in the second one, um, Firefest, uh, Russell. Um, yeah. And Juggernaut, and, another Xavier relative. Yep, a totally juggernaut. Yep, exactly, and it fits along the lines with a with an Xavier relative, another another Professor X character. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she can do, seeing what kind of threat she poses to not only the Deadpool to the entire multiverse. It sounds like um, what universe she's from, what Professor X she's actually closely connected with, because um, they could really go like full comic accurate with it. I think this this really movie really has a chance to go like into some of the deepest cut comic book stuff that we've gotten in the MCU in possibly a while um, because it's Deadpool, because he's switching universes and everything. So I'm very excited to see what they do with her as a villain, especially because we really know nothing about her yet. And, and I love that. I can't wait to find out more. I wonder in this adaptation, if this character could be somehow a product of the void. This is a mm. villain that is somehow created within the void because of everything that I've read. And we were just saying, Richard, it's like, kind of a character that almost like almost isn't supposed to exist kind of just yeah. comes about and has malintent and how Very interesting would it be if it was almost like like it it's it's soul it's spirit it's it's energy was in the void and it like pull- ego yeah something like Little that and yeah. it, it pulls that like that dark energy that 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 void energy and becomes this this villain and that is kind of because that would be a crux for the TBA and the multiverse. Totally. Like, oh shit, we're just throwing, we're just literally it's just a dumpster. You know <laughs> what happens when the rabid cat jumps out of the, <laughs> the, the dumpster? Starts clawing your face. So the rabid I, telepathic can destroy the entire multiverse. Cat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. No, it's like when uh, uh, Gordon goes down the water drain and Dark Knight rises, and Bane's like, "Well, yep. follow him," and they're just sending people into the void to go figure this thing out until, <laughs> yeah. until something comes back. You know what I mean? You merely adopted the dark. I was and also, it. <laughs> and also, what does that mean for Elias? You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. another another void character. Like it's mm-hmm. it's all very exciting. And this all leads to the money shot of the entire trailer because as much as we've talked about what this means for Deadpool and what this means for X-Men and what this means for Marvel Studios, it's so much more than that. Because at the very final shot before Wolverine shows up, we get off to the side a random comic book that is lying in the void. And it is a Secret Wars comic book. And on the cover is the Beyonder and the very first Marvel Studios reference ever to Doctor Doom. Ooh, when I tell you guys I was excited when I saw this, that's beyond, like, I stood up, I tried to explain it to Aaron, she didn't care. But, um, <laughs> it's just so exciting that they are, there, there's a chance that, like, Secret, obviously Secret Wars has been being set up, and this, it really does feel like the Fox universes, plural, and the Marvel universes, plural and the Sony and all that stuff is that's what's going to build the battle world. That's what's going to build secret wars. The fact that they are giving that shot to Dr. Doom with the comic and giving it that moment and hinting at the idea that he is going to be the one that takes on that beyonder role and really drives secret wars. So exciting that Dr. Doom is finally making a presence in the MCU. It's just a small little Easter egg that nobody in the world would understand unless they looked at it on like Twitter or a YouTube video or whatever. But 
I mean, it feels like it's happening, guys. And uh, it's very exciting that Killian Murphy's going to win an Oscar here in a month and then be in a prime position to get paid a lot of money to play a blockbuster movie character. Dude, it's like the uh, it's like him and RDJ were on like a reverse course in their uh, careers. They they connected right. like two yeah. atoms, and now <laughs> this is the in- Oppenheimer is the intersection. Yeah, two ships back. in the night, but with a light. <laughs> right, right. Now they're bouncing back opposite directions. That would be um, amazing. And, and I, Florence Pugh is there for all of it, and so is Dave Bautista. <laughs> looking so good, by the way, Florence Pugh on this Oscar press tour, man. I mean, on the Dune press tour. Well, yeah, she's, she's filming that um these outfits, man. That new rom com with Andrew Garfield. Um, right. <laughs> Anyway, I you know when I thought when I saw this, they could make this comic anything, right? Yeah. It's a trailer. It it's it was placed there digitally, in my opinion. I do not think that was a practical thing that was on set. Maybe, maybe there oh, was yeah. a a book sitting there. Maybe there was some kind of comic sitting there. A was green book, this, perhaps. Yeah. Was it this specific comic? And to me, we've got everything going on with Kang, Jonathan Majors. We, we got to start getting these ideas into our heads. You know, Dr. Doom, what is the direction? What are they doing? What is the, what is going to happen? How do we get to Avengers 5, Avengers 6? So I think it's going to be very interesting. This movie, and this is the first inkling of it. What? How does this movie set up Avengers? Like, how does it set up the next Avengers movie and the following one and whatever else? Because that's the biggest thing for me right now. Because it seems like in a big way, that's what they want this film to do more than anything in many ways, right? Not only just crossing Deadpool into the MCU, but to set up the next big crossover event in the MCU. Yeah, one of the producers from the MCU said that this is one of the most, like the three most important movies in the MCU's upcoming future. This and Avengers 5 and 6. I mean, this is one of the most important MCU solo movies that we've had in a long time. And, and that, that the prospects for that with Deadpool three are so, so cool. And I love that Deadpool is getting that. It goes back to my rebuild plan. It's the only movie this year. Every mm-hmm. other project is supplemental at best. Right. And, and echo really set that off in a great way. You know, totally. we, we all really loved echo, but man, does it not really matter in this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's so it's such a great way to deepen your catalog, but also drive the narrative. It's all very exciting stuff, and I cannot wait. We're in it, guys. This is it. This is the era. This this does feel like No Way Home. You know, No Way Home. Obviously, we were only six weeks away when the No Way Home trailer dropped. People forget, but yeah. <laughs> I don't forget. For the next, for <laughs> Pepper Tom remembers. Um, <laughs> that was for Richard. But um, thank you. Yeah, for the next five months, like this is going to be four months, five June, five. right? It's it's July twenty sixth. July, buff, yeah, I, about five and a half. I'm getting it mixed up, July or June twenty sixth. I'm getting that mixed up in my head yeah. a lot. But uh, it's yeah. the Barbenheimer Com- date, yeah. Comic Con weekend. Yeah, right. Comic Con weekend is when this comes out. San Diego Comic Con this year. Boys, wild, boys, crazy. <laughs> Boys, I'm so excited. I'm hopefully going to have a new house. It's going to be great, ladies and gentlemen. That has been our Deadpool and Wolverine trailer breakdown. Nevins, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it so much. Everybody, make sure to go over to the direct.com and check out everything the machine is working on, Deadpool and otherwise. Nevins, 
What do, what do you want the people to read first after they hear this? What 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 article would you like people to go to to supplement this review from us, this reaction of the trailer? Well, I only got to write one Deadpool article for this over the weekend, over the Super Bowl. And that was the one I mentioned earlier on Pyro, on Aaron Stanford's return. So if you want to go ahead and go to the direct.com, go to my page, check that out. I had a lot of fun writing it. I go into a, a, a lot of stuff about what could happen in this movie um, in the back half of it. I had a lot of fun writing it. Um, I Like you said, David, you've probably watched this trailer, what, 15 times? I probably watched it a good, like, 15 to 25 by this point. And um, and also, I'm going to plug a little bit some later this week. This is the first of three different podcasts I'm doing on Deadpool 3 alone just this week. Um, so I'm here on the direct first. Um, I got a couple great friends that I'm going on with for the first time called Vigilante Vibes. Um, doing a podcast with them on Friday. Go check them out on YouTube and on on uh, anywhere platforms are listened to. And then another show that just started last weekend for the first time. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's hosted by my friends at the Illuminati. Um, hey. A couple of guys. Yep. Yeah, a couple of guys I used to do uh, shows with there all the time. Uh, Josh Goldman, Bryce West. Um, they uh, did a fantastic job covering a ton of comic book stuff last weekend. I'm going on with them on Saturday to talk about the Deadpool trailer. And um, this is this movie is going to be my life for the next six months. I have fully accepted that. I love it. And I cannot wait for July 26th for this movie to come out. I'm going to be a maniac for the next six months. Machine the Maniac, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Nevins. Nevins, thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. All right, let's dive into the rest of the trailers from Super Bowl Sunday. We start, of course, with Wicked Part 1. David, I um, have never seen Wicked. I've never listened to Wicked. I know nothing about Wicked, but... Basically same. (laughs) But I will say this. I'm a slut for musicals. I love them. And I, I assume I'll watch this and I'll cry because the music is so good. And I, these will be my favorite songs moving forward. And and musical theater nerds are going to look at me in a poor light because they're going to be like, oh, you're just a fan of the movie. You've never even seen the play. That's fine. Sure. Um, <laughs> that but works, I love yeah. that. But also, I love lore. I love any sort of IP. I love diving into things. Wizard of Oz is great. Right. And I, I love the idea of getting another chapter of that that I'm not aware of and it being yeah. displayed in such a big audience. And all I know is like that little note at the end for Gravity. Like that's the one Wicked song I know is Gravity. And that little note. Oh, man, this one's going to it's a chill inducing trailer. It's going to be a chill inducing movie. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. I loved how it was just one minute. It just. On TV, showed the full thing. I remember this morning doing research for the pod, getting ready. Like, I will, I rewatched. Then I'm like, oh, it was just, it's just the same trailer. You know, there wasn't anything more on YouTube, which I appreciated. Um, it looks good to me. I haven't seen Wicked. This is something where I, I know I am not the target audience, but holy shit, are there, are they out there? Like, my wife is pumped for this movie. She is so excited for Wicked because she loves Broadway. She loves musical theater. Like, she did it in high school and she always talks to me, like, I really want to go to New York. I really want to go see a Broadway show. And Wicked, she has seen on Broadway. Like, she loves the show. And it's something where it's, it's a part one. They're not marketing it as a part one. Good on them. Good job, Universal. I think it's Universal. Is it, is it WB? Um, no, it's universal. Um, good job, universal clap it up, uh, not doing the paramount rap uh, route. But then what's crazy is like, this is going to be part one, this Thanksgiving, 
And then next Thanksgiving, 2025, part two drops. So, I mean, this is something where this is something where in my top 10 box office predictions for 2024, I didn't have it. And it was the one that had the greatest likelihood of making it in that top 10 and Mm -hmm. possibly making it even in that top five. If this is that hit, if this is that like everyone's going to see this, it has that phenomenon to it. Mm Yeah, she wore a crown and came down in a bubble, Doug. It's the greatest video of all time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the Wizard of Oz argument on the internet. It's the greatest video ever made. Grow up. Um, Twisters. Uh, We talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, Glimp House is still really hot. And uh, this looks like... When's the last disaster movie we got? I don't know. But this looks awesome. It does. It looks like it just looks like a tried and true disaster movie where Glenn Powell looks larger than life, like he's going to beat the twister and all this stuff. And then it, I feel like we're going to get an hour straight of this thing just tearing the town apart. I can't wait. This looks awesome. And and by the way, another universal picture. Um, obviously, Universal owns Jurassic World. I made that whole point last week. They they got him under the umbrella now, Matt. They, they got him on the hook. They just got to reel him in a little bit. Um, with all that being said, I just loved this trailer. Like the full thing online is so great. Barely a glimpse. David Cornsweat is in the movie. Seems like he has absolutely no role at all. <laughs> He's like barely in it. Glenn Powell is money in this trailer. He I love his character already. Perfect casting. And, and Daisy Edgar Jones, um, I think she's right. great. Um, she's, I, I've pretty much loved her in everything she's been in. Um, Anthony Ramos, you know, awesome, awesome inclusion on this, uh, film as well. Someone that never mad when he's around, man. Definitely never. just, yeah, just rising in the ranks. This movie looks great. I, I am, yeah. I was, this was my favorite trailer of yesterday. Like this, it genuinely was because I think nice. Deadpool, everything that Deadpool did, you know, I kind of saw coming in a sense, like nothing was like that mind-boggling even though it was awesome it didn't it didn't somehow suck this was such a surprise i had no expectations i knew it was glenn powell but i really didn't know and i was surprised how interesting the movie looked beyond just the fact that it's about tornadoes like glenn powell looks charismatic as hell in this role and Mm -hmm. i can't wait to see it it's gonna be great also Shout out them for not doing the legacy thing. Like this isn't Helen Hunt's long lost nephew or something like that. Like this is just a reboot of Twister. It's expanding. It's yeah, I mean, it, it to me it felt like it's Twisters for a reason. You know, it's like it's well, we're making it exactly <laughs> like we're making it you know scarier and bigger and badder. But it doesn't have to be this nostalgia bait thing. Like Helen no. Hunt doesn't need to show up at the end of this trailer for people to get in the seats. No, we're just going to do a disaster movie. Yeah, it's an IP play, but it's a it's a it's a redo, it's a reboot, it's a retool, and and it's a next generation. It's great. Um, we also speak of next generation. We got Planet of the Apes. This is the um, extension of the uh, trilogy directed by first one's not by Matt Reeves, but the second two are Matt Reeves. Are that's who it was. Or beloved. Yeah, I will say we're rewatching X Men this year. I'm very excited. I've seen those movies probably close to ten times each, if I had to guess, except for the last few. Um, is my most anticipated rewatch of the year is the Planet of the Apes because yeah. I've only seen the first. I've only seen the first one, and I haven't seen the Matt Reeves ones. And I'm very oh my excited. god, yeah, that's 
that's going to be mind boggling um, to hear your thoughts coming out of that, because I love that trilogy, especially the Matt Reeves, um, you know, second uh, ver- and third. yeah, the second and third. Like it, it's a it's a wonderful trilogy and it's just so great. This trailer to me was awesome. It, this was very much it was narrative forward. The first one that we got was a complete teaser. Didn't really know what was going on. This you can tell now like the, the synopsis is out. It's 300 years later. The um, not necessarily a spoiler for you, Matt, but like the kind of ape to human dynamic is completely 180. We got our antagonist. We got our protagonist. We got our human, you know, who, by the way, mm-hmm. Freya Allen, uh, who's from The Witcher, who is really, really great in The Witcher. And I think it's like the only thing she's been in um, that I've seen, at least. And she looks awesome in this. And th- that's a really tough role. She, mm-hmm. um, like, Think about that. Like, she's acting on basically a blue screen with uh, mocap people all around her. It's one of those pretty tough roles, um, kind of like Spider in Avatar. <laughs> kind of yeah. very similar to that. Um, yeah. But this looks awesome to me. I think the kind of the 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 what's great about these apes movies is like the ideology of them like that's what makes you kind of think and then the cgi the action the plot um normally lends well to it and this one seems to be a continuation of that west ball like let's see what you got dude you uh you you made this movie and now you're doing legend of zelda live action it's gonna be a very highly anticipated film i can't wait for this one this this trailer really sold me um, as a pretty big Planet of the Apes fan. Here we go. Very exciting stuff. Another one that you're going to hold um, the wait for here, because I haven't seen any of them. A Quiet Place, day one. We got Nyong'o. We got Jamon Hansu. We got Joseph Quinn. It's a hell of a cast. Yeah. Looks like a very big, big, big scary movie. Yeah, um, I'm not a big horror guy. I love the Quiet Place movies. I think they are excellent. Um, I truly believe that they are, they're, they're some of the best horror films that I've watched just because they're just interesting. Um, I don't really do the whole like doll kind of horror genre. I'm not into that. I'm more of like the quote unquote realistic horror where this I mean, this is sci fi like a quiet place is sci fi mm-hmm. at the end of the day with horror elements. Um, this one's not um, directed or written by John Krasinski, but it is based off of those first two. I love how this is becoming a universe, which many horror genres and franchises have become you know very quickly they they spread their wings they spread their seeds and all of these other spin-offs and prequels mm-hmm. sprout up everywhere um this looks very well made day one obviously it's going to be when they first you know land and they have to figure it out immediately so it looks really good will it be as good as the first two that's not my expectation but i do think it's going to be a strong spin-off is there of the first two, is there like one that's clearly better than the other, or is it a good part one, part two? You know, they're both what they are together. Yeah. So I would say, um, I, I wouldn't say there's a clear distinction. I personally actually thought the second one was better, even though the first one might be more memorable to most because it was, you know, the first A Quiet Place where it was kind of the, this brand new idea. But I thought the, this the bridge scene, right? Where he's running the bridge. And yeah. The, yeah. This, yeah. So the second one to me, it, um, the first one's it's a very small story, smaller budget mm-hmm. too. The the second one, you learn more and you mm-hmm. you explore more and Got you it. find more, including Killian Murphy. And Killian it's Murphy, right? Yeah. 
It's good stuff. <laughs> I, I, I was white. I was fishing for the Killian Murphy drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are our Super Bowl trailers. <laughs> uh, there were other ones that dropped that we didn't review. Inside Out Two looked very fun. Um, I don't think it was new though. No, like, no not yeah. New. yeah. And the thing, so a lot of these trailers drop like throughout the week, right? So we're not going to review hate. all of them. I hate me too. By the way, me too. They're killing it. They're killing the. the it's awful. I hate good it. Good on but, Deadpool. Um, Waited. I guess, but you know, you gotta watch the full thing on your fucking phone. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate I, it. I guess, I it. guess, shout out Wicked. Shout out Wicked. Right? Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm with you. I'm, David, I'm with you on that. Um, <laughs> also, this week, just really quickly to wrap all of this up, Disney Investor Meeting, uh, I'm going to go through these stories. Yeah. David, you're going to point out which one stands out to you. I got money on one that you're going to point out here. Moana <laughs> series is now a movie. Very exciting. Uh, this will be releasing in November. So there was a series, now Moana 2 is going to be happening. Uh, the Eros Tour from Taylor Swift will release on Disney Plus March 15th. Percy Jackson has been reviewed, uh, renewed for Season 2. Several Disney animated dates were dropped. Zootopia 2 in 2025. Very excited. Love Zootopia. So good. Uh, Frozen 3 and Toy Story 5 in 2026. And then the big one, Mando and Grogu. The upcoming Star Wars film is reportedly set for a 2026 date. David, which one do you want to talk about? Man, only one. I have so many thoughts. I'm going to go with Moana 2. This hmm. is highly fascinating. Um, they are making a series of movie. Unprecedented. Big Bob, Big Bob Iger is back in town, baby. And we are going back to theaters. And I think it is a brilliant move. I think there is no reason. Moana 1 was the most watched thing on Disney Plus in 2023. Simple as that. You know, mm -hmm. like it had the most streaming hours because children love Moana. Um, and the reason I wanted to point this out to you, Matt, this opens the same day as Wicked Part One. We are entering a potential Barbenheimer Part Two. Like, is this going to have that same effect? Is this going to be the family friendly Barbenheimer where it's like, love all it. right, kiddos, we're going for six hours. <laughs> we're going to see Wicked and we're going. I mean. So much musical fun to be had. The day Disney kids are gonna lose their fucking minds. The day like people before, average. Yeah. That. Oh my gosh. No. The day before Thanksgiving. That whole weekend, it's playing. I think this could be really, really fun. Will Moana two feel like a proper sequel because it was a series? That's the big question. Will the budget seem smaller? Will the animation be up to snuff? I think it will get there because I think they're gonna put a lot more money into the product to get it in theaters because. Bob Iger knows, Disney knows, for a project like this, you put it in theaters, it makes at least half a billion, probably more. You get that revenue from streaming or from digital, from some physical, and then you and then you put it on Disney Plus, and then it streams 10 billion minutes or whatever in a year, you know, and it was still reaping those benefits of playing um, in theaters. And I think the biggest loss here. Lynn Manuel Miranda is not writing the songs, and that I think could end up being a big deal because he, I, I believe, wrote the music for Moana and for Encanto, and those have been very, very big winners um, for children and rewatching and the whole sing along gig. Yeah, it's gonna be tough, but um, uh, I'm excited. I love Moana. I love the storytelling of it all. I think it's a fun concept, and uh, yeah, I think that that's gonna be a big one this holiday season and then the last thing we want to mention today the bear season three will drop this 
June, three years, three seasons of the Bear all in a row. David, a binge drop. Nothing new to you. Yeah. You just rewatched the Bear, um, who just watched Bear for the first time in a binge model. But for the rest of us, this will be a binge drop for the Bear 3. Um, excitement level, 1 to 10. Where you at? Man, like a 9. I mean, I, yeah. I loved the Bear. Season 2 was so great. And I remember see, finishing season 1 and thinking, how can it get any better? And then the huh. Fishes episode happened. Mm-hmm. And that was just cinema. That was just, Great. I mean, that that is just an incredible television. Interested by the binge model. Um, I mean, I'm for it because I watched it binging, like you just mentioned. Uh, but I, I am, I, I'm interested if that Strange. actually does happen. I, it, it's a report right now. It's not official. Um, so I'm, I am okay. curious. I'm, I'm curious if that actually happens and what the reasoning behind that would be. Because I imagine there would be a reasoning behind that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're all very excited for the bear. We're excited for Deadpool. We're excited for Twisters and <laughs> everything else from the universes you love. Next week, what are we doing next week? Do we have anything planned? We're getting Tony Romo so. on the show. Hey, Matt. Hey, Dave. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the thing about Deadpool, if you're a fan of watching the movies, if you're a guy who likes the superheroes, not those superheroes, but the other one, but that's the guy you want to see. <laughs> what? Shut up, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Kansas City Chiefs fans. You're the luckiest fans in all sports. Yeah, um, truly. Shout out to the NFL Rudd, season. Ant-Man. It was a great year. Shout out to Paul Rudd. Hey, look at us. And uh, next week, we'll be back with everything you need to know about the universes you love. Until then, see you next time.